Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA, Summer League, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. It's super easy to join. Head on over to their website, which is betonline.ag, and on, and on your mobile device, computer, whatever you have, and uh, sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by just using our promo code, which is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get that bonus and get into the action. Ben Online, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for uh, presenting this week's episode of the podcast. And uh, really stoked for this week's episode. We have a, uh, 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 just an all-around savage. There's just no other way to put it. Just uh, uh, She's good at everything she does, and we're really stoked to have her. Former uh, uh, USA women's softball player, current ESPN and Sportsnet LA uh, analyst, um, but Jessica Mendoza. Jessica, how you doing? I'm doing great. I get to join you guys. I'm usually listening to you guys, so honored to be a guest. And I think I'm following Eric Carroll, so that's pretty cool. Yes, yeah. Carroll's EK was just on. Uh, that was a good one. And uh, and we we keep the uh, the murderers row of Sportsnet LA uh, uh, on on the show. So thank you for joining us. I've I've always wanted to ask you this because you don't get to talk to an Olympian very often, and and I feel like olympians to a certain degree are a little underappreciated because of how hard that grind is but especially in team sports uh i was curious those for the record you got a gold medal in 2004 and a, a silver in 2008 in beijing uh how hard is it to medal in the olympics i feel like that was the first bubble sport before the COVID thing of course right but but i still feel like that is one of the absolute most difficult things to do even as a team yeah i mean it's I think what people don't realize is how much like it's it's every four years is when like everyone pays attention like summer games you're tuning in you're like oh man look but the grind actually comes with like the day-to-day on a non-olympic year like when no one's paying attention no one really cares honestly like you know it's cool that you're on the national team but like you're not an olympian yet it's not an olympic year you know and so to me it's not even about the Olympics and winning gold there. Cause at that point, that's, that's everything you've trained for the last four years. It's, it's the days that lead up to that moment. Um, all the prep getting up at 5am and running shuttles and doing the stuff that you just don't want to do, but to be at that level and to win, what always got me up was I picture Japan. I picture Yukiko Ueno, the hardest throwing pitcher in our game throwing against me. And I knew that she was up getting after it. And I'd be like, all right, Jess, come on, like no alarm. Like we gotta, we gotta do this. And no one's watching. No one's paying attention. No one's giving kudos. You're not on SportsCenter. Like it's you and like literally your mind to push yourself and drive yourself for three years when when there is no money and there's no accolades and all the things to get to that point. Fair. Yeah, and, and I, I, again, I, I respect the hell out of Olympians because they don't see the prep. Like it's the World Cup, right? Everyone talks about the World Cup, the years that build up to it. But I dare say that in order to be an Olympian, it, it, the grind is just a little tougher just because no one cares. And that's unfortunate. You know, you like you said, you're not on ESPN. You're not getting all that stuff. But uh, but I was also curious. You uh, you played at Stanford. You're you're a, a proud Stanford Cardinal. Played in the old Pac-10. Uh, you, you did the softball. You did the Team USA stuff. Now you've transitioned to broadcast. And and speaking of the grind that uh, kind of the, the accolades aren't given, how much work do you actually put in just for a game? I, 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 I don't I know people don't see that. And I and, and I want to start there before we kind of go around the, the, the ringer uh, as far as the amount of work that you actually put in just to call a game like yesterday. 
Well, that that's the thing is baseball is like a whole different beast that way because there's games every day. And when you're covering it nationally, and not that it's any easier, you know, when you're with the team, but at least then you've got your core. Like you're, you're seeing them every day. You understand, you know, the Dodgers, you kind of know the beat and, and you're with them. So if you have a question, you're around the coaches and staff and players, you can ask them. To me, um, you know, to try to keep your eye on what's happening nationally with 30 teams is it, it you're never caught up. Like, I think that to me is always the challenge is like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, there's baseball on TV. There's something happening. There's breaking news. There's managers getting fired. You know, it's it's especially now, like it's a constant change. And if, you know, you want to have a break or for me, like I cover the Women's College World Series, I cover softball for ESPN, too. So I go into a hole for like three weeks on softball. I come out of it and I'm like, oh, dang, the Dodgers are like the Padres are tied with the Dodgers at the top. Of the-. I mean, that's like what it was like. It was like, wait, we had a 10 game lead. Like it happened so quick where the entire storylines, everything changes. And, you know, you it, I think that to me is, is more so than the amount of hours you put in. It's also just constantly like the, it it's always changing and you never you never have a break. Fair. I, uh, if you've listened, I, I am of the party of you should give people their flowers while they're still here. And I feel like broadcasters, in some cases, uh, Juan, Juan has some people in his fight club, uh, uh, irrationally that, that don't get the props that they deserve because it's, it's a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to show up to the ballpark and call a game. Like, like <laughs> we're like, we're, you know, we talk about constantly how spoiled we are, uh, you know, as fans of the Dodgers and, and followers of the Dodgers with what's on the field. But even in the booth, we're so spoiled because Joe Davis is so good and he's so yeah. multifaceted. It's not fair how good that dude is. And we were so lucky to go from Vin to him. But then you throw in Oral Hershiser, you throw in Jessica Mendoza, you throw in Eric Caros, you know, Dontra Willis, even like it, it's. It's and you're you're all so good. Granted, you all have you know you all got your reps elsewhere, and you're still getting your reps elsewhere. But I, I'm again, I'm all about giving the flowers uh, to to people, especially when you see the internet and how disparish the internet is uh, uh, this day and age. So so I wanted to just thank you on behalf of Dodger fans because you're one of the good ones coming from ESPN to here and to just be so multifaceted and also an outspoken baseball nerd. I couldn't be more stoked to have you here as a, as a fan of the Dodgers. Yeah. I way nerded out last night. I was like, I even, I think caught Joe off guard. I just couldn't help it. I mean, we had Tony Gonsolin out there and when you're getting into a splitter and I was like, the dude dropped like 400 RPMs on his splitter. Like, and it got better. Like, you know, just like I, and he was just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, sorry. I'm like, but everyone's always talking about high spin. How about low spin? to do the reverse, to get the depth, you know, to use gravity as like your friend, you know, and get that like, you know, basically drop that he gets on his splitter. And I totally, I just went on like nerd, like just, it's hard not to though, when you get um, with the great, you know, and Dodgers have so many of them. And I know Tony gave up four runs yesterday and struggled to, to, by his standards in the season that he's had, but still that splitters is so dirty. And, and to try to explain it to people, you know, that's to me is always the challenge is, is to make it still entertaining for like, whether it's grandpa watching the game or my eight year old son watching the game. Like I want everyone to be able to digest this cool information, but in a way that I'm not like talking too nerdy. <laughs> it's like, what is she like? What? Like RPMs? Like what? Yeah, you're, you're, you're good at what you do. So just keep doing that. Uh, go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> exactly. Keep doing that. Nerd away, girl. We love it. Um, <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Bleed Loves podcast. Like uh, my co-host mentioned, we were about fun. We're about Dodgers baseball. And speaking of the timing, I'm so glad we get to speak with you because this will air right before the All-Star game. We all know it's such a big deal here, right, in Los Angeles. It's been, what, like 42 years since it's been here. All the celebs are coming out. All the parties happening leading up to the game. But I want to talk about the actual players as of right now, are there any players in MLB that are just obvious? Uh, what the heck? Like, any players that should be on that roster and haven't made it yet? Especially Dodgers. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Freddie Freeman and Will Smith. Like, Thank you. <laughs> hands down. I mean, well, and especially, like, exclamation point, Freddie, the last three games. I mean, with this, what is he, 12 for 13? I mean, mm-hmm. he can't get out. And... The thing is, it's not like this is some just like, oh, he's on a tear. Like, this is pretty much Freddie Freeman. Right. I think it's been more obvious, at least in my opinion, because we have Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals who Uh are playing right now. 
on the other side. And they're literally like first and second as far as first baseman in the National League with their numbers, with what they're producing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how, like, Freddie doesn't have to be the starter. Like, I get the year that Goldie's having, but Freddie needs to be on that team. Like, hello? Yes. That's where I'm just like, <laughs> this makes no sense to me at all. Super frustrating. Will Smith also, I mean, he is, you know, and I give props to Wilson Contreras in the year that he's having. He should definitely be the starter. But I think the fact that, and I'm not trying to knock Travis Darno, but Will Smith is just, when you talk to any manager in the game, they talk about how, like, the whole depth of the game that Will Smith has. And I get that, like, that's not what people are looking for in an all-star game is, like, you know, how well he frames pitches and leads the team and all the things. But if you're only looking at offensive numbers, he's got that too. So, like, I don't know. This happens every year where you're kind of, like, shaking your head. Um, I actually tie France, if we're going to stay in West Coast, up in Seattle. I was shocked that he he isn't an all-star. His numbers, you know, hitting 300, what he's done for a Mariners team that I think is on a 10-game winning streak right now. Um, Julio Rodriguez made made the team, which I'm super pumped for. Um, 21 years old and just a young pup. You know, Albert Pujols <laughs> is double his age. Um, and they'll be home run derby participants also. Um, but, yeah, as far as, like, snubs, I would say those three, two Dodgers and one Mariner for sure. Right. Those are the glaring ones, right? Thank you, girl. Thank you for yes. putting as a professional, I wanted, I can be a homer. I, I, a homer. I admit it. Okay. I admit it. But I wanted someone who, you know, you're not a homer. You can call out the team. So I wanted you to say it that yeah. Will Smith and Freddie Freeman should be oh, yeah. on that roster. And what about the home run derby? I mean, why can you tell us why some of the biggest names in baseball, <laughs> Yankees, don't participate in the home run derby? Isn't this for the fans? Or do you believe in that curse? Like, what is your opinion on why they just bow out on these uh, uh, home run derbies? Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, it really is just the Yankees. I mean, we're seeing <laughs> one of the best lineups. I'm actually, I get a call the home run derby for ESPN this year, um, the StatCast version, the nerd version. So um, yeah. <laughs> right now we had a call this morning on it. John Carlos Stanton, speaking of the Yankees, just announced that he's not going to participate, which was kind of like huge shock, right? You know, the time time he participated was when he was with the Marlins and the game was in Miami, which made a ton of sense. And he was, by the way, amazing when he did it um, in Miami, was all about the fans, was so freaking good, which is like, duh. Um, But this year, I mean, we're seeing the stars come out like, you know, we've got Kyle Schwarber. We've got, you know, Albert Pujols is going to be in it. Juan Soto, I'm super pumped to see him. Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, I mean, the best in the game as far as like power, a lot of them um, are going to be participating. Usually, you know, we get kind of like guys where it's like they're like the third or fourth choice. And um, we haven't had that this year. So that is good. But I, I don't understand you know, I mean, I think it's a whole different conversation um, as far as the Yankees and what they do and what they don't do. But, um, <laughs> you know, for a long time, it was like pretty much all the hitters didn't do it. I think Pete Alonso's done a really good job of making this like a real fun thing and him just embracing it as one of the stars of the game and now trying for the three-peat as it's right. been, you know, three in a right. row. Right on, right on. Um, and I just want to get into your background just a little um, I love that you're a California girl, Camarillo, and I loved reading about your family. Your dad is the ball player, and I'm assuming that is where you got your love of sports and baseball. And I've heard you speak over the years and read your interviews. You've always kind of championed girls as, yes, play sports, but do do anything you can to, you know, be happy outside of the home. And you obviously use sports to get, you know, to keep your star shining even brighter, even bigger. A, is your dad uh, the reason why? I'm assuming, but I don't want to assume that the reason why you love sports and the reason why you've been so successful at transitioning from your career into a successful broadcasting career. And then B, growing up, I know your dad is from Watts, you're from Camarillo. Was your family, were they Dodger fans? And if not, who was your team, your favorite players, please? I'll start with B. I mean, it was like Dodgers all the way. I mean, I grew yeah. up in the eighties in Ventura <laughs> County. So like anyone knows Ventura County, it's all Dodger country. Um, it's yeah, kind of Northwest of LA and Dodger stadium and Chavez Ravine. And you got to understand the eighties, like hello, Fernando mania. 
And being a, a young Latina, being, you know, in this huge Hispanic area that we lived in, um, he changed everything for so many of us, like just always kind of being fans of baseball, but I think understanding like the cultural connection um, that we see even now with the Dodgers and the Hispanic community and started with Fernando. And I remember I got his autograph. I was a huge fan. Um, I mean, shoot, how can you not be in the 80s? <laughs> not just of him, but of those teams. Um, you know, I feel like I'm aging myself. Like I was, I was born in the eighties. So I was like five, six years old, but still the memories are, are huge. Right. Um, so actually it's it, one of the prouder things I think that I've ever gotten to do was when I decided or was asked to be a part of the Dodgers broadcast, the first phone call was my dad. Um, because he is, I mean, he doesn't miss a game. He watches every game. Like he is die hard. And so the fact that I got to call him, it made him super emotional. Um, I think that was like the full circle uh, for him. Like he was a head baseball coach um, and football defensive coordinator at Moorpark College, which is a junior college um, up in Ventura County. Yeah. So I grew up on the ball field, both, you know, sidelines of football and, um, you know, him being the head baseball coach, I was in the dugout, and, you know, busting with the teams afterwards. And I think that's where I got a lot of just my understanding of the game um, and not just the stuff you see on the field, but kind of like the camaraderie and the mm -hmm. lingo and all, all the stuff too. Like maybe I shouldn't have been learning when I was a young girl. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it worked tobacco. out. Like, I mean, I had guys like, here, try this. Is this gum? Oh, this isn't gum. Um, <laughs> all, all the things. But yeah, my, my dad was definitely a huge influence. And my mom was too. And like just being a powerful female. I mean, she was a hardworking, working mom and, you know, worked, you know, actually like she was gone more than my dad half the time just because the hours that she worked in a law firm. And, you know, my dad was coaching two different sports, but um, they showed my sisters and brother um, and I just how much like that you can be a great parent um, by also showing that, you know, it, we're also going to work our tails off um, every day and like to be able to provide. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up with, with my dad being, I mean, he was my coach. He's the one that taught me how to hit, how to do everything. Um, till this day, that's kind of our language is, is yeah. through sports. I love it. I love it. Um, and again, thank you for being out there. Representation is super important to me. It has always been. Growing up as a little girl, I watched the games with my family, and we didn't have broadcasters that looked like you, had last names like you, got the idea that L.A., Southern California, California, period, is different from the rest of the world, especially you know, the Atlanta fans and the Yankee fans and all that. We, I really am so happy and proud that you are here and working with Spectrum LA and for the Dodgers. So thank you, girl. Keep it going because little girls are watching and they're seeing like, oh, Jessica Mendoza, she sounds like us, you know? And yeah. so we need to keep more and more, more representation. So right on, girl. Hey, and I know... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say everywhere, but especially Southern California. I mean, we have so many Latinas. Like, I... I think about like the young girls that, I mean, for me, like being able to see and you have to see it to be it like you do. Like, you know, I saw Lisa Fernandez when I was growing up, who was a softball player, Olympian, you know, UCLA. And it wasn't until like it was it was Fernandez that it like clicked yeah. for me because <laughs> yeah. up until that point, you see, you know, like great players that you like admire. I mean, honestly, even seeing baseball players, you know, I remember watching Brett Butler. I loved his game um, in the eighties and like of all the, the big names of the Dodgers, you know, he was my favorite player, but it's like, he's a dude, <laughs> like, yeah. he's, you know, there isn't that relatability. And so Lisa Fernandez like changed me forever. So I was like, Oh wait, like we can do this too. Like, hold yeah. up. Like this is something love I it. definitely want to jump on board with. I love it. I love it. Keep it going. Let's go, ladies. Let's go. Okay, now turn it back over because I know we got some follow-up questions about Fernando. Go ahead, Juan. <laughs> wow, you you read my mind. You know, I was going to go in a different direction, uh, but you know, she uh, she said the magic word. But before we go into the magic word, just want to remind everybody we're talking with undercover nerd Jessica Mendoza <laughs> joining us here on the show. And Jessica, we I do need to thank you because the 
the reason why Eric Karos did the show is because I told him you had agreed to do the show. <laughs> so Karos looked at me like I was some crazy person when I said, hey, come do the show. And I said, but hey, Jessica Mendoza is going to do the show. And I think the competition between you two, okay. he was like, all right, well, she's going to do it. Then I got to do it. Okay, it's on. Like, like <laughs> We can start like as many competitions between like, like, Bring in Joe too. Like, let's just like compete. Like, on that's that's kind of how I roll. Let him know to stop dodging our invitation. We don't buy it. We're we're not bad people. We're really not bad people. But any, I was going to ask you something else. But you you mentioned the magic word on this show, and that's Fernando Valenzuela. We are a stand uh, podcast for Valenzuela. We we I mean we're all fans of him. We want the number retired. Now we're not going to put you on the spot, Jessica, because here's the thing. We've had this conversation with Josh Rawich. We had this conversation with the maestro, Jaime Harin. Harin has told us about the conversations he's had with that organization about retiring his number. Where do you stand on this? And do you ever run into Valenzuela when you're broadcasting in the booth? I do. And like, it's okay. So yes, retire his number, like period. Like that's like a no brainer. I am 100% biased though, because he was like impactful, not just for me, not just for my family, but entire communities all across Southern California. And honestly, like across the country, like he changed the game. Like, like we can, there's documentaries on this. Like yeah. we could have an entire podcast, which I know you guys have talked at length about, but um, yes. So my first road trip with the Dodgers this year in April, you know, like I remember the first time I got on the bus, like hotel to the stadium, it was just like me, Freddie Freeman and Moogie Betts. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like, this is cool. Like, you know, I dig it, but like, just said hi, like no big thing. When Fernando got on the bus, like, and it wasn't until I think we were in, cause it was San Diego, then Arizona. It wasn't until Arizona that we just happened to be on the same. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, like totally like. Mookie, whatever, Freddie, whatever, like, are you kidding me, Fernando? So like, I, I like, I had to document, like, just, I think more so for my dad. And like, honestly, for me, like, a full circle moment, being able to, you know, call Dodger games, but like, ultimately, like being next to Fernando, like knowing that I was five years old, and I got his autograph, like screaming his name, like watching everything he did. I had to capture it. And then maybe that's like the media person in me that's like, this needs to be like documented. So we get off the bus and I'm like, hey, Fernando. And like, I've talked to him before, like gone, like when I broadcasted Dodger games, even for ESPN and gone and introduced myself. Um, and I was like, do you think I can get a picture with you? And like, I was so embarrassed. It's like, and even our security guy was like, he was giving me crap. He's like, no photos, no photos. You know, the rules, like just, you know, like kidding to like, that's what they say to the fans, you know? Right. And I was like, but he got, he got it and he just knew and Fernando. So I have like this selfie of like me and Fernando and it's like, he's got the biggest grin and I'm like 10 years old. Like I <laughs> like giddy just like coming out. Um, but, you know, I've had the opportunity to tell him, you know, the influence that he's had. He knows, he hears it, I'm sure, all the time. Um, but I hope it resonates with him as, like, a young Hispanic girl and now being in this business. Um, and it started with him, you know. And I, I don't know, like, I feel like he goes into, like, this, like, humble mode or, like, some kind of, like, he hears someone bragging on him or whatever. And it's just, like... You know, he's heard it a lot, uh, but I'm hoping somewhere in him it does resonate, uh, the influence that he's had on so many. Well, I want to thank you for sharing that because I think we always look at it as a the perspective of, you know, fat little brown kids. You were the ones that were looking up to Valenzuela and saying, hey, we finally saw someone like that. But to hear it from the female perspective, the impact that he had, I... I think is fantastic. I just think it's getting to the point where honestly, it's a little embarrassing. We had Dale Murphy on the show and Murphy was absolutely shocked that it wasn't retired. He thought it was. Yeah. He, he, he just doesn't understand why. And to see what the Mets just did recently with Keith Hernandez, you know, Keith is not in the Hall of Fame, whether, you know, you want to make an argument that Keith deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But the fact that the Mets went ahead and honored him, they recognize his importance. I just don't know how much longer the Dodgers can go without, I mean, nobody wears the number. They don't so, give out the number. So just so retire what it. Reason? Like, what have they said? Well, it's because he's not a Hall of Famer. 
I mean, it's the reason why Gil Hodges finally got his number retired, which I know probably makes Geek and Sosha really happy because they get to see their number 14 now up there and say it, it got retired. But all these years that Gil Hodges had to wait, and it was because he didn't get in the Hall of Fame. And the minute he gets in the Hall of Fame, the Dodgers retire his number. What I'm concerned about, I mean, again, going back to the Maestro throw up because I want to give his flowers. This is his last year broadcasting. The man is a legend. He's given as much a contribution to, to this sport as his counterpart, Vin Scully. Yeah. When Harin had said he really wished he could see that before he retires. I mean, we just recently lost Mike Brito. May he rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, it would have been great for Brito to be there to see them, you yeah. know, honor Valenzuela. And, and look, Jessica, you see this and you've said this before. You look at that stadium. I, I'm sure the majority of that stadium is Latino. I don't have the numbers to prove it, but it looks like the majority of the fans <laughs> there are, are Latino. I mean, do you see it differently? I've never been to any sporting event in any sport where there are more Latinos in a stadium than any game you go to a Dodger stadium. Like, right? <laughs> it's, I, I mean, like, honestly, and what I love is because, you know, the broadcast booth, we're like, you know, up high, like, and that's like, that's where we're all at. <laughs> that's like we have the taco stand. That's why we've got like all the Mexican food is up there. Like, yeah, we might not be Diamond Club all the time. No, but that's like that. Those are the fans, you know, and it's like such a it's such a different experience for anybody <coughs> who walks in that stadium, because I think it just hits you with like, OK, like Chavez Ravine is like, this yeah. is this is where all the Latinos are. And it started with him and like not trying to go so back in the history, but like it was the exact opposite, like when the Dodgers first came to LA yeah. and what Chavez Ravine represented in like basically moving out all of the Hispanic yeah. community and how much they hated the Dodgers organization. And there was this huge rift and it was like every single white person was the one that was promoting and being around the Dodgers. And it wasn't until Fernando that brought that community back and it like basically helped mend those wounds you know, from 20 years prior. So like, I mean, the history there, I think is what goes into all of this with Fernando is like, you know, he was a political piece without even meaning to be to basically bring in what is now the fan base of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like, yes, we've got celebrities and yes, we've got all the like, whatever, but the true fans are the Latinos. And that mm -hmm. started with him. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we have to, I need to get your opinion on this because we've had Muncie on the show, Edwin Rios on the show. They all love the mariachi. It seems all our reporter friends are starting to get a little tired of the mariachi. Where do you stand on the mariachi? Have the Dodgers overplayed their mariachi? No, <laughs> I love the mariachi. Like, I mean, you're like, this is whatever. And it's funny because I do, I have some guys that I've worked with that are like, oh my God. Just if they're doing a series and I'm like, what? But you know, like my grandmother, my abuelita, like that is all like she listened to. It was like uh -huh. mariachi all the time. Like I had like she she, she passed away the, the year I got married. And so at my wedding, it was just mariachi the entire like I had like to have her there was to have the mariachi bands. And so like I I hear it and it is like home for me. Like it's just I can't get, I mean, that's mariachi though. There isn't like too much, right? Isn't that the whole point? Like it's just like. So, so yeah, you're Puerto Rican. You come from Puerto Rican descent though, right? Do no. you have some Mexican too or? No, or no? all Mexican. She's all Mexican. Mexican. All right, perfect. Yeah. All right, somebody needs to update your Wikipedia because they put you as Puerto Rican descent. No, it's funny. <laughs> like this is how Wikipedia works, right? Cause it's just like people. Yeah. For like a long time, I was Guatemalan. And like, oh. <laughs> Like now I'm like moving like all over and I think I've been to other countries, but like, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, that's because we want to claim you girl. Everybody, there needs to be more of us. So anybody and everybody's like, no, no, no. She's Puerto Rican. No, no. She's Salvador. No, no, yeah. no. She's Mexican. Yeah, no, I was little and I knew Wonder Woman was Mexican. I claimed her without even knowing Linda Carter really was Mexican because I wanted her to be Mexican so bad. You knew. <laughs> 
Thank, thank you, Jessica. You saved me from an embarrassing question. I was going to ask you what was the Spanish word for frijoles, thinking, you know, you were Puerto Rican, because we've triggered a couple of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans on this show, because we said frijoles, apparently they call it something crazy like habichuelas, yeah, whatever, some word I've never heard of before. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. No, that would have been, I actually would have loved for you to have asked that and me to be like, <laughs> I mean, you would have said frijoles and we're, I would have been like, yes. So, go ahead, Alonzo. Uh, we have uh, Jessica Mendoza here for uh, stopping by for a few more minutes. Uh, wanted to ask you, you've worked with a whole, uh, another, in another, really, another lifetime of savages too Carl Ravitch, uh, Kyle Peterson, uh, John Cruck, Shulman. You've worked with so many just baseball lifers more or less right I, I was curious because i know you spent some time on the road with them out of all of those guys that you spent time with who is the best storyteller oh geez you'd really put me on the spot um oh the best storyteller like um on air or off air off air because you and i both know that on air storytelling is totally different than the off -air. exactly well it's also like story making because there's a lot yeah. of guys i work with that like they're just a story like just watching them live um <laughs> Um, I don't know if it'd be one of the guys you named, um, because I, I feel like, gosh, this is really a rough one. Um, Boog Shambi is like one of my favorites because he is just hilarious. And he is so like, like to me, the storytelling is like in the humor, <laughs> like the, <laughs> like when you're finding, whether it's the dirty or it's the like unusual, or it's just that like different, like. So Boog John Shambi, he's actually the voice of the Cubs now. Um, he was just in, in town and uh, he worked at ESPN though for a long time, still does a lot of our radio stuff. But I would say he is definitely like just the best storyteller. And anyone who's ever around him, like you guys need to grab him. Actually, you should get, get him for an interview because he is like just comedian, like hilarious. Loves the game of baseball and is a really good human too. Uh, duly noted. Uh, Shambi, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the show. Uh, our people will be reaching out to your people. Um, as a fat uh, Latino guy myself, uh, I wanted to ask you, the, uh, for you, you've, you've, you've been on the national stage, not only just for baseball, but for College World Series, and also now with the Dodgers. Uh, as far as the importance, Alicia talked about it a second ago, but I kind of want to hear it from you again, not just from the girl perspective, but from just the way we look, you know, people with our names, people with that stuff. How important is that in order for baseball to continue to grow? Because obviously we've heard about baseball growing. We've heard about they want it to grow, but obviously there's this weird kind of like baseball gets is, is fantastic and getting in their own way of growing the game, but they're not, I feel like in certain cases, not reaching out to, to the right, uh, to the right groups. Dontro Willis even said that you got to go to the hood. Right. So, so I was kind of curious how, how important is that in order for it to, to, to grow and to continue to have our beautiful game of baseball to continue to grow? Well, it is baseball. I mean, if you look at the guys who are playing the game, like they're us, <laughs> you know, I mean, and you're going to get like, that's the beauty of sport is you're going to get everybody, right? Like it doesn't matter how much money, like your background, the color of your skin, like, I, you know, that sounds so cliche, but that's the beauty. Like, Hey, you can rake, like you're, you're in, like you can pitch, like you hit a hundo on your fastball like I don't care where you're from what you look like like let's go you know and you know that that's been that way for a long time but now it's about because that's you know you want to win right so you're gonna go and get the best athletes but now to me like from a tv standpoint from the media standpoint from the youth standpoint who we're trying to reach and who the people that are reaching them needs to also be in that same bubble because if you want to grow like truthfully you want to make more money because you want more people to listen and watch this game like, let's continue to reach the people that flat out, like, aren't following as much right now. And that is the youth. That is more women. That is more minorities across the board. Like, the, the average age and race is 55 and older white dudes. Like, that's who watches baseball. And that's great. Like, I love it. Like, that's awesome. And you know what? Like, we're going to hold on to those because they're going to love the game. But how do we reach everybody else? It starts with the voices of the people who are, are telling the stories and choosing what stories, you know, to talk to, what players that you're going to promote and put out there, you know, and, and guess what? If they don't speak English, 
like that's okay like the day and age that we live in now like that's our biggest barrier like no way um and i think that you know I, i've always pushed this even with espn like you know how to hear in spanish and if even if we have subtitles or we have someone translating and it's a little bit harder or longer the beauty of spanish across like being talked about in baseball and then the comfort that the player has speaking their native language instead of trying to speak a second language which for everybody like i would love for people at home to really think about that like imagine going somewhere and trying to speak you know to the media in a, a language that you didn't grow up speaking like so yeah it, it, it goes everywhere and we're seeing it with the players that are that are out there because of the best ones but now we need to see it everywhere else well said uh we and we you know we we talk about here you know we're the only all latino podcast that uh that does the dodger stuff and for us obviously representation matters so that's why i wanted to ask you that because obviously you look like us too so, so i'm well not said. gonna lie that's why i chose your podcast before you guys like asked me to come on like you were the first one i listened to like when i decided to the dodgers like i want to know what people are talking about you know, like, and to me, that's what's the beauty of podcasts is like, and so when I saw the like los, <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like, and so this was the first one I clicked on. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if you heard of that. Juan just had a heart palpitation because of that. So <laughs> I did. So. Well, at first, because you said I look like her. So I was just like, oh, I'm a part of the beautiful people now. Okay, great. <laughs> But thank you. Fort fat brown people like you're like all the Fernando. Like. Well, yeah. you know, that that was a that was a stage of my life that unfortunately <laughs> I have permanently remained in. But I have dreams. I have aspirations, Jessica. So, yeah, he, he's embraced that he's a light skinned Mexican and we love him for it. So he's embraced it and we love yeah. him for it. Uh, I, I, I've never seen as far as I know, at least. So I could be completely wrong, but I don't think you've ever talked about kind of your time with the Mets. I know there's stuff out there, you know, like how the Dodgers didn't let you in the clubhouse and all sorts of stuff. I'm not asking about that. What I was curious is, because we have other people, we've had other people, Dontre Willis included, that have the title of like special advisor to a GM. And in your case, you were a special advisor to, to um, or senior advisor, excuse me, to the then GM, Brody Van Wagnon. What does that mean? <laughs> like, what, like, what do you do? It's definitely different for every team. Um, and a lot of times it's like the big famous ex players. So, you know, like Alex Rodriguez was that with the Yankees, you know, David Ross, when I worked with him was that with the Cubs, Dontrell, it makes sense. Like you get like basically your like alums and you have a role for them so they can come in like Chipper Jones, you know, the Brit, it just makes sense. So they actually have like a, a place where they can come talk to the team. They can come. And in my case, it was a little, and I was with, it was me and David Wright um, and Al Leiter. So that we were the three special advisors. So clearly like David Wright was like the like number one, like ex-Met that like for sure could come in and rally the troops. Um, and Al Leiter, you know, being able to talk to the pitchers, but the Brody Van Wagen, Stanford guy, by the way, baseball player, played, you know, baseball at Stanford, um, ex-agent he wanted to do it different so like for us it was like no you're gonna be in the war room like trade deadline like your asses are flying out here and you're up until like five in the morning every night with me and we are like going through this together and that is why that time it was just a year but it was so freaking cool to be able to be that behind the scenes because i didn't know like that was my question i'm like what the what the heck is this you know and brody told me like when he went to um interview for the job Actually, he had already interviewed for the job, and then he screenshotted and sent me. He's like, "Oh, by the way, I just interviewed to be the GM for the Mets, and you were in my presentation." And he like screenshotted like who his staff would be, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, um, and he was like, "Yeah, like I just think you know to have different minds in the room, you know, to be able to like when we're talking about guys that we're targeting, when we're talking about where we want to head in this organization, I don't want everyone to think the same way that I do or the people before me had." Um, so it was, I mean, it was such a great experience because we were, I think, a lot more hands-on than the most special advisor to the GM or whatever the heck the role was. It was really just to be there to honestly, like, give our opinions. And he he listened to us and it was a good experience. I know for the three of us, me, David, and Al, we're like, oh man, this is awesome. And we learned a ton. Well, uh, that, I mean, that's cool. I honestly, I had no idea because you hear about all these special advisors and it's like, okay, cool. I mean, hey, you know, they're an alum, they're a legend, whatever. It is what it is. But I was just curious because also knowing Brody, he's he's uh, he, he's a he goes against the grain, for lack of a better term. So it's so that's yeah. why I was kind of curious. Before I ask you about a Dodger thing, I, I wanted to ask you, you 
since you just mentioned, you were in the war room on trade deadline, all that stuff. Is it as hectic as it's kind of said it that it is when you kind of pull the curtain back? Or is it just, hey, here's our list. We're going to try to do this. Maybe we'll see how it goes. Like, how, how kind of intense is it? It is intense because things start to happen quickly. And what's weird, at least in this year that was 2019, like, you know, you go from like, nothing's really happening, but even in those moments, you're still doing scenarios like, okay, all right. So we want to target Lindor. Okay. We want to target Lindor. This is who the guardians want, you know, then Indians like, okay, here are our guys. These are the guys we're not going to give up. Okay. But maybe if we make a trade with the twins to then use that guy to get Lindor, like, you're doing scenario after scenario after scenario so that you're able to be prepared when an offer comes in with all the different options to counter. Um, so it is, it's crazy. And it's, it's like becomes a game of Tetris because you know what you want. And it's not as simple as like, okay, like we want a shortstop and here are our shortstops. It's like, here are our guys, here are our prospects. Here's our money, which is a huge part of it because you do, at least we did had a cap on, the amount of money that we could not go over because you're taking on contracts when you make trades and the Dodgers don't really have this problem. Cause like, they're just like, all right, here, here we go. It doesn't matter. Like we'll take on whatever it is, the best players, but like that you have all these restrictions. And so it's like Tetris trying to fit in the right pieces for the pieces that you ultimately want to make your team better. Um, and it is nuts and it is exhausting. And like, we never went to bed. Like we stayed up, all night just like going over and apparently that's what everyone else did because we'd be on the phone with like every other gm and it's a weird thing because you're all like doing this together and it's nuts and it's fun and there's a huge adrenaline rushes because then you get an offer and you're like let's go like this is happening because it all seems like it's pretend until then <laughs> no, and and again i just you know we're all about pulling the the, the curtain back anytime that we can too just because that's for me at least it's interesting because i think a lot of people think too that teams are oh we're just going to stand pat and that's not really that's if you're standing pat then that's just not good for business so uh so it's good to kind of put that into perspective as well for for uh for your your kind of casual fan for lack of a better term yeah yeah um and speaking of this current iteration of the dodgers like i mentioned I was going to ask you about them uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, what can I ask Jessica Mendoza about the Dodgers that we haven't asked anybody else? And in the only kind of question that kind of stuck with me was on this current team, who is a guy that is kind of going back to the theme of earlier that is not getting their flowers currently? Because I feel like that guy is probably Dave Roberts to a certain degree, but it's kind of unfair to put him in that category because he's not a player. So I was just kind of curious from your perspective, who is that guy? That's a good question. Um, I mean, for Dodger fans, like this wouldn't be the case, but I, I, from a national perspective, it's hands down Tony Gonsolin. I mean, he's the best pitcher in the national league. And like, I get that, like for you guys, you're like, well, duh, that's all we talk about. Like he's been great. Like we know that cause you're following him, but like you drop Tony Gonsolin's name on like an average, like baseball, they have no idea who he is. Maybe the cat guy, but like just like, <laughs> no clue, like who Tony Gonsolin is and like his numbers and like what he's done. I mean, if they're giving out Cy Young awards, like he wins it today, um, even after the performance, you know, yesterday. And so I, I, and by the way, like it was Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado that got him. So like at the like two best hitters, like in not only in their lineup but in the National League, like Paul Goldschmidt is winning the MVP if we're handing out awards right now. So. Like, you got to kind of tip your hat to just two great hitters that got him, but his stuff was still good. Um, but that, that to me, is the guy. And I know that, like, you're looking maybe for, like, someone that everyone else – but I, I want – I sing his – every time I'm on a national broadcast, I try to drop Tony Gonson's name because I just want more people to know who he is, maybe look him up. What did she just say? Who? Like, I know the Dodgers have Kershaw. I know that – got Walker Bueller and he's her, but, like – you know what, like, who's this guy? And I want everyone to know. No, honestly, I didn't know who you were going to go with. And I didn't, frankly, didn't expect anyone in particular. I was just kind of curious because again, you, you handle it because baseball is so regional now. And, and, and a lot of people, you know, kind of forget that part. And then you go from the national broadcast to the, to the regional broadcast and people, you know, have different perspectives of the team. Like I was, I was telling Juan the other day, I know the Yankees are good, that's about it, like because it's so regional now that you know, unless you're watching those kind of Sunday night baseballs, when Wednesday night baseballs, whatever, you, you know you're you're if you're focused on your team, you're just kind of focused on your team, and that's about it. 
Yeah, no, that's, and that's why I, I, it's, I, I laugh because I'm like, okay, everyone listening is like, uh, everyone knows Tony. Like, he's like a stud and a big deal. But I think of it more as like, because I'm out there nationally and that's, that's important. Fair. Go ahead, Alicia. Oh, no. I was, I'm super excited that she's out there repping our cat man or now it's cat daddy, Jessica. Have you heard that one? Oh, oh, cat daddy. Okay. (laughs) I was like, okay. I didn't know. We had him on and he was great. And he, he, you know, he, I, I feel like baseball players are kind of the toughest to break through. They were like the stoic kind of like, we don't talk to the media kind of guys. But when he did warm up and my co-hosts and they, they geeked out over gaming and wrestling, um, it was cool to see him, you know, kind of relax and have a good time. And I'm so happy for him. So thank you for uh, repping our our star. And he totally deserves it. And what can we do to get Cat uh, Daddy's name out there? Maybe we should make Cat Daddy's shirts and, and hand them out. I don't know, but. Uh, I love that you mentioned also that he should receive, if the award was given out today, the Cy Young, it should be Tony Gonsolin. That is super cool. Um, Did you hear about the Twitter, or did you read rather, or did someone come at you about Kershaw starting the All-Star game? Because that's kind of been a theme. And I know, like my co-host just said, it's regional. But here, there there are passionate on both sides who should start the game? Should Kershaw do it because of the symbolism and because he's our guy and this might be the last time he's even able to start the game? Then there are others who are like, you know, hell no. So have do, have you heard anything about that? Do you all talk about that in the booth? Does it come up? Uh, has anybody given you their opinion? Do you have an opinion? It's, it's hard not to hear about it. I mean, I, I feel like everyone likes to do this this time of year, like analyze who's not on the team, who's starting, who should. And then of course the nostalgia of it all. Um, you know, obviously that's a big reason why Pujols is going to be there is because people want to see him in his last year. And, you know, even though his numbers, you know, he's not an all-star, but of course he's an all-star when you look at his career. So I, I think of that similarly. Okay. If we're doing that with Pujols, let's have Kershaw start. And let's be real. Like, are you telling me that the other like national league pitchers are like, I wanted to start. Come on. Like, you know, it's not as big of a, it's more of a big deal for the fans than it is for the players. And I'm not saying the players don't enjoy being a part of it, but they're not fighting over who gets to start, who doesn't. Um, and if it is about the fans and the fans are going to want Clayton Kershaw and not just Dodger fans, I mean, just fans of the game, it's in Dodgers stadium. I mean, you're talking about like our Sandy Koufax of this generation. If you were to go back, to Sandy's possibly last year, you know, when he was playing and he made the all-star team and you're going to say, well, your numbers aren't the same as some other guys. So you're not going to start like, what? <laughs> like, throw him <laughs> in there. So, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, but like, I think that's a lot of conversation that happens right now is all the things that aren't happening that should happen. And who knows, maybe, maybe it will. Yay. I like that answer again. Shameless, shameless. Um, really quickly. One last question about Jessica Mendoza, the person I love that you admit you're a a baseball nerd, stat nerd. You've talked about the trade, uh, deadline war room, all the prep that goes into preparing for both national and local broadcasts. What do you do when you get home? I mean, I hope they don't talk to you about baseball. Like what, how do you decompress? What is, Jessica's, you know, downtime. Are you a spa gal? Do you, uh, I don't know, what is it? Are facials? Like, what do you do? <laughs> uh, I'm a huge outdoor person. Um, I, I surf a lot, uh, paddleboard, I snowboard in the winter. Um, yes. Love being outside. I've got two boys. Um, so, we wrestle a lot. We're outside like hiking and uh, we just got into mountain biking this last year. Um, I actually live in Bend, Oregon now and um, I'm there a lot of the time and I, I'm up in the mountains just like whether it's biking or hiking or boarding um, or I'm in the water. We're in yeah. <laughs> um, I've had to buy a wetsuit the first time <laughs> jumping in and surfing in the coast of Oregon. Versus the beautiful, not that Pacific Ocean SoCal is so warm. It's definitely yeah, a little cold. Warmer. Yeah, I never, and never dark. wore a wetsuit actually in SoCal. Um, I prided myself um, in being like one of those that just loved the cold water and would go out in it. Um, but yeah, you'll find me in an ocean or a lake this time of year anytime I'm home. Um, 
but yeah, like I'm always out, out in the wilderness for sure. Well, that sounds way more fun than the spa. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've hiked Oregon before, so you are in a majestic place. Have you ever been to Mammoth? Have you boarded oh, there? And oh, yeah. 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 No. Oh, yeah. That's I, my I, happy place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mammoth, for sure. We'd make the trek in high school. Mostly Big Bear there, though. Big Bear was my jam growing up. Um, I know it's not the mountain the mammoth is, but it's a whole heck of a lot closer. And when yeah, you yeah. have a lot of money and you can go same day, we'd <laughs> leave at like five in the morning, go board all day and then drive home because we couldn't afford to stay in a hotel. Mammoth, you can't really do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot more. Uh, it's it's um, it's still charming, but there are a lot more places to stay. I love Mammoth. It's my happy place. But you just reminded me of the beauty of living in Southern California. You can board and still be at the beach and bonfire that same day. Like, I love California. We're so lucky, aren't we? We're so spoiled, like Dodger fans. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. <laughs> uh, before Juan ends the show, how we always end it, uh, I, I wanted uh, to <clears throat> see if it's cool with you, Jessica, to debunk a couple things on your Wikipedia, if that's all right with you. <laughs> well, we know she's not Puerto Rican, so yeah. we already <laughs> debunked one. We know you're not Puerto Rican. Uh, your your dad played football for four years at Fresno State University? He did. That's true. Uh you're not obviously you're not Puerto Rican. I like how it's it's heavily emphasized here. She is of Puerto Rican descent. Uh, I I want to I want to note it says citation needed. So uh, we'll we'll go in there and fill it out and be like, hey, bleed loss podcast can't confirm. Yeah, exactly. We got a She's citation for you right yeah. here. Yeah, one of us. <laughs> little, little little fat brown guy says one of us. <laughs> uh, you're also a trustee of past and present of the Women's Sports Foundation. Yes. Uh, also an athletic ambassador for Team Darfur. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time with that one, but yeah. <laughs> I, I was just curious because you were saying how how uh, the, everyone wanted to claim you in the uh, the uh, I, I think of the bit that Dave Chappelle did the uh, the race draft. Yeah. Um, where uh, now everyone would be canceled if they did that, but I just kind of think of that bit where uh, where, where you know they're kind of picking it. I feel like people just went to Wikipedia and be like, Nah, she's ours. <laughs> Jessica's Darforian now, I guess is what you're saying. Yes. We'll, we'll go in there and add that to the citation since it's needed. Go ahead, Juan. Okay, Jessica, we're going to end the show. Uh, we're going to end it with some rapid fire. So, worst trade in Dodgers history, Pedro for Delino or the Mike Piazza trade? Mm, Pedro for Delino. All righty. Which World Series did you enjoy more, 88 or 2020? 88. All right. And... If you would have chosen differently, would you have made the WNBA? <laughs> I mean, be, 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 don't be humble. Tell me, were you a stud in basketball in high school or what? For sure, but I was 5'9 center. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I could throw blows and box out with the best of them, but, like, let's be real. Like, I needed another, like, six inches to really hold my own with those, those girls. But, uh, and, for, and for full transparency, is it true that you hit 495? In, in, in was 2008 on the way to the Olympics. Is that true? I, I didn't follow stats, but I'm sure it was up there. So I think it worked out, Juan. I think yeah. it worked out okay. <laughs> She's one of those that doesn't need to – I went four for four today. She didn't drop that one. <laughs> and, just, and just to hype her up a little bit, 495 with 107 RBIs, and she slugged 971. I think she, I think she, she, may, have, she may have done okay. Uh, and, and finally, Jessica, because, you know, we're about the Dodgers, we're about L.A., but we're primarily about taco culture. We need to know <laughs> you're, you are a Southern California girl. You're a Latina, so no pressure. We need to know what your favorite taco is and where do you go to get that taco? Oh, dang. Um, definitely a carne asada. Um, and it's got to have the like little chopped onions with the cilantro. Like those are like my three main, if you don't have those three, like, and oh my God, if I can get a homemade corn tortilla, but I need, I need some good taco places. Like we didn't ha honestly, I hate knocking Ventura County, but like we didn't have them. Like, I feel like the, my best ones would have been like in Mexico, not, not where we lived in Ventura County. So where are the spots in LA? Cause I'm headed there tonight. Well, I mean, right down the, right up the okay. street, actually yeah. at Dodger yeah, State. <laughs> right up the street from Dodger Stadium, since you're a carne asada girl, El Russo. Okay. Now, the issue is it's a little taco truck right there on, on Sunset. Uh, the issue at hand, though, is you're not going to get your corn tortilla there. 
And you answered our question because we needed to know if you were a, a corn, maiz, or harina. And you answered correctly. So congratulations, Jessica Mendoza. You answered correctly. Uh, all a lot of our previous guests are fans of the oppressor's tortilla. And we need to explain to them, uh, you know, it's not good to be a fan of the oppressor's tortilla. No, but if you, if but you like, like everybody, like, it's crazy. I'm always the rant. Like, you know, when you're at a table at a Mexican restaurant and everyone's like, oh, like flour or corn. And like, yeah. I'm the one like corn. It's like, no, like we want flour. I'm like, <laughs> there you have it. But if you Just... go, like, that's to me, like my grandma would make the homemade, like, and that's like the best. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> making the money right now, but like. And it, I do say homemade corn because like homemade corn trumps anything like it is the best and it's the way every taco should be. So if anybody wants to doubt uh, Jessica's Mexican card, there's your answer right there. Okay. <laughs> citation. Yeah, there's your citation right there that's that's needed. Puerto uh, Ricans, Puerto Ricans, I actually don't know, but Puerto Ricans are picking flour. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you're a fan of carnitas, I would recommend the Central Market in downtown LA. We took some to John Hartung. Apparently, apparently, they were too spicy for Hartung. So, no, uh, I've been there actually because we would always stay right there in downtown. And mm -hmm. yes, that those tacos were freaking awesome. That, I mean, you walk in the Central Market and like you're not getting yeah. a bad anything. What is it? The um, the egg place, the egg sandwich. Oh, egg slut. Egg slut. Yes, I've waited in that line many times to get, but I've had a, I've actually took my kids there. Um, we did like the little scooters. Thing, like, right Fun. We, we had tacos there. So I just, I guess I don't know the name of the place inside, but yeah, Central Market tacos are, and it's funny because my oldest was like saying how spicy they were. Me and my eight-year-old were like, talking about <laughs> <laughs> them gringo the rest of the day yeah next time you see hard tongue you let him know i mean you're, you're weak there but if you like birria there's another place right across from guisados there on the outside of the stadium on sunset right a little before uh vin scully way uh teddy's red tacos another taco truck that is delicious and you'll be able to get other options you can not only get birria tacos there you'll get taco de vampiro you can get a quesadilla, a, a mulita. I mean, there's oh. a lot of good food right there, right by the stadium. Just don't take hard tongue a taco de vampiro because that, that, <laughs> that, that won't be good. It won't, won't be good. good. Oh, uh, also, guisados right across the way. We 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 uh, we we enjoy their tacos. You can actually get a sampler of like all their well, not all of them, but most of them. Guisados. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. I'm literally writing these down. The only thing uh, I'm concerned with because I'm not a fan of like chorizo on tacos, but they have the best chorizo that I've ever had in a taco and quesadilla form. So I, I highly recommend. Well, there's a place I go to that's like been my favorite up in Oregon, which you're like taco whatever. Like it's like you would think it's impossible. It's called Abla Tacos, and it is like. <laughs> And they like literally it's like old school like uh, it reminds me of like Mexican market where like everything's kind of written on the walls and oh, like, yeah, yeah. just like these are <laughs> specials and kind of figure it out and the agua frescas and like mm. nothing's in English. It is my favorite spot, but ironically, like my favorite one there is like a chorizo and it's like a certain queso. I don't know if it's a cojita or what it is, but um, I never thought I would like a chorizo taco, <laughs> but I mean, let's be real. Like, Chidiso with anything, like, it's more. Right. <laughs> it's fire. It's fire. Except John Hartung might find it spicy. Sorry, John. Yeah. I had to get that shot. Uh, well, on that note, Jessica Mendoza, where can the people find you on the socials if they want to follow you? Uh, I'm at Jess Mendoza on Twitter and at Jess Mendoza 2 on the gram. Um, I actually did a fun reel walking in with Joe Davis yesterday. I'm going to do one today. Um, I think, like, just because I think it's fun for fans. So I'm going to try to, like, do it on the bus and then getting on the team plane today. <laughs> we'll see. Nice. Like you're supposed to be taking your, your phone. But, like, to me, like, we're all fans, right? And this yeah. is one of the cool parts of the job is, like, being able to be be here and be around and do all the things and the behind the scenes, like pulling in tonight at like one in the morning and whenever we're walking back to LA, but I'm going to try to document it on, on Instagram. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The NBA does a great job of doing stuff like that. And I wish baseball did it because that would just pull the curtain back. And then and I think engagement would go up, but what the hell do I know? I'm just a fat Brown guy. So, <laughs> Jessica, Jessica yeah. you're doing the games in Anaheim of Orange County of California of the United States of Earth. 
I don't know if you knew this, but Juan absolutely hates the Angels. So go go ahead. I don't hate the Angels. I I, I really don't. I don't. I hate. They, they don't. Hate, they don't. They don't bother me. I hate me. that anyone anyone like that. There's ever an idea that they should be called the Los Angeles Angels. Just like continues to bother me. Like they are the Anaheim Angels. Anyone that lives in California is like, no no no. Like no right. offense to Anaheim, but you're like you're not claiming LA. Like that's you're just not even in the same county. Territory. No, like you're down. Like you know you're Disney. Like yeah, you could yeah. Be the Disney Angel. Like that'd be fine. But don't you're not the LA Angels. It's like such an insult. Okay, that's gonna get attributed to us. So just be prepared, guys. Okay, yeah. so, <laughs> the hate is coming our way. I mean, I'm just gonna follow Jessica Mendoza and then turn off my notifications. That's all yeah. I'm gonna do. Right <laughs> uh, Jessica, we really appreciate you joining us, and uh, would love to have you back sometime. Uh, and real quick, a huge thanks to Ben Online for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, if you use our promo code BELIEVE at betonline.ag, which is B-L-E-A-V, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Huge thanks to them. Uh, but even bigger thanks to Jessica Mendoza for uh, for rolling by and uh, shooting the breeze with us before she goes out and just casually calls a baseball game and nerds out. <laughs> yeah, totally nerds out. Let's get some tacos next time I'm in L.A. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> but again, thank, thank you again, you, Jessica. Jessica. You rock. Thank Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.